Welcome to another segment of Market Overdrive. <coughs> I am your host, residential real estate broker with Cole Banker. My name is Carla Mina, and it's a pleasure to hang out with you today, Nick. How are you? Is it really a pleasure to it's hang out with It's a total pleasure. Look at you lying. I'm so excited. Starting the day off with a lie. <laughs> I love it. How'd you know? Uh, you know, because I've never heard you say it's a pleasure A lot of people say that you're like, like lip shakes when you're lying. Mine doesn't. I can like honestly look you're at like, you and say, you're like this I, it's a pleasure to be here with you today, Nick. How's it going? How's the market? It's not about me and you. The market is great. What it is about is our two guests today. Is it? Yes, let's get into our guests. Let's go quickly. Are you going to do an amazing introduction? Though, because these them. are some very VIP people in here. I, I, High network. I'm very, I've, I'm very <laughs> it's aware all of that. I It's all I've heard. We're going to be talking in the billions today. Uh, not we're the talking millions. lots of money. <laughs> the only, I'm officially a billionaire, by the way. Yes. Because nobody has as many bills as I do. <laughs> so I like to call myself a billionaire. I love it. You know? I think Just that's for very the record, inspiring. <laughs> for the record, you guys aren't the only ones talking billions around here. I love it. I got plenty of bills myself. Makes sense. All right, I'm a, but I am a hell of a thousandaire. Yes, let's do that. You know, so let's sure. you, go ahead and introduce our guests. Why do I even need to introduce Mr. Dan Wagner? How oh, are you, Dan? You are the best. I'm wonderful. It's great I love to be it. here. Thank do you know you. why I did that? Because Dan came in here and said, Carla, you're beautiful. Nick, you look so cool. Like, he's just full of compliments. He I is. love him. He is. Maybe you we should are, learn something. You guys have been doing this for three years. Everybody knows you three guys. Three years? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I just started. Two really? Years, two it's, years, seven months. Oh, We're okay. still learning on the fly. <laughs> oh, my God. We're getting better, you know, though. It's like a sentence, right? You're in jail and you go <laughs> through this. <laughs> and this is what it's like being right. with, like, doing this show with Nick I'm up for parole, so... <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. Yes, thank Doing you. a good job. Love it. And please introduce your guest today. Well, I'm honored we are to be here today. This is Keith Lampy. He is the CEO of the Inland uh, Private Capital Company that works on the 1031 DST, Delaware Statutory Trust Program, for the Inland Real Estate Group of Companies. Love it. Welcome to the show. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks. And I haven't gotten a compliment yet from Dan. So <laughs> you have not, Dan. This, of course, Come on. Show, He's better oh. looking. Share the love. He's better looking than me, don't you think? <laughs> you both No, are. no. This is a, I'm going to call a draw. You know what? Draw. Anytime somebody tells me they're going to teach me how to save money, you're beautiful. Like, you're handsome. I, yeah. That does it yeah. all right. You are the money. sexiest man alive <laughs> if you're going to teach me how to it. save some hey, money, man. Yes. Let's, let's get Today's topic it. is really intricate, but it's all about how to save money and how to reinvest your money tax defer and of course you know there's a lot of people who are flipping properties and thinking oh my gosh can i really take advantage of this but you're going to hear some nuances to the process that may not allow you to qualify but we do have lots of information and the real reason is let's just get start with that um just go ahead and tell me why should we take advantage of a 1031 exchange well, a 1031 exchange, I think the... Well, better yet, sure. yes. what is it? What is, what is it? a 1031 exchange? And then we can get into why. And the interesting well, when aspect, you start seeing how much money you're saving, you're going to know why. So a 1031 is a really... A, it's, it's a terrific program that's been a part of our tax law for 100 years. Wow. Um, the Inland Real Estate Group of Companies, where we come from, uh, we're the experts uh, in the, the commercial real estate world. We have four teachers that started our company, and they have purchased about $44 billion worth of commercial real estate in America. So uh, they know this stuff inside now. So the 1031 is uh, it's probably one of the best uh, producers of income for people around for commercial real estate. A, a good way, to exa- a good example is it's like the 401k of real estate. Okay. With the 401k, you put money in, yeah. and then eventually you pay the tax when you retire. Same thing with this. You have income-producing property, and when you um, when you go and, and you buy another income-producing property, you can um, sell that and put all of the profits of that uh, income-producing property into a bigger property. It keeps growing and growing. The synergy of that transaction is incredible for our economy. And that's been a part of what we've been doing for a long time. In Washington, unfortunately, right now, they are talking about possibly taking it away. 
Yeah. And it's uh, the, the whole idea of tax reform. They're Might as well take away the 401k, too. They, exactly. They want to do the, the, they want to talk about taking away the 1031 exchange and also no mortgage interest deduction. So the National Association of Realtors uh, is one of the best organizations around to be able to fight for private property rights. As you know, with the Illinois Realtors and Chicago Association of Realtors, we all work together to fight every day to protect um, all of these great pieces of legislation. And a 1031, like I said, is, is really the energizer bunny for our economy. And uh, the 1031, uh, Keith is his company uh, for Inland is an expert in how it helps people uh, deal uh, day in and day out with the 1031. If you want to get into some of the details, Keith. Well, Keith, I just want works. you to go ahead and give us an example, like more of a number scenario, because a lot of people are listening and they're like, wait, so it's like a 401k retirement account. But mm-hmm. as I understand it, you don't have to wait until retirement. It's just a way to exchange products so that you're able to defer it tax so you can reinvest it tax defer. Can you give me an example, like numbers wise? Like an average person person's example. Like yes. if you're just a novice, you know, deal here and Say there. Say I'm selling a $200,000 property. Right. Sure, sure. So well, I, I usually use the million dollar example oh, just to okay, kind of... okay, let's go back to Okay, that. let's okay. just jump right over the million. <laughs> Forget my 200. We'll I'll take that. We'll get to a billion back. later, but go ahead. <laughs> I mean, we, we, we can play on numbers a little bit. This here, guy. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my hey, God. I'm going to call you I'm Billionaire Keith. <laughs> nice. Billionaire <laughs> Keith. So, you know, from a from an example perspective, right, Dan has kind of underscored how, how powerful this segment of the tax code is. So, Property owner, let's say they buy a property 20 years ago and they pay $100,000 for it. And fast forward to today, that same property is worth a million dollars. So you've got a very major gain to defer. And that's obviously a lot of wealth is created through real estate. Mm-hmm. And that drives tax uh, or that drives retirement income along the way. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm that property owner. I'm considering selling. But I look at the amount of taxes I'm going to have to pay if I do sell, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay 15% federal gain. I'm going to pay state income tax capital gain. I'm going to pay the 3.8%. Uh, tax on on Medicare, and then I'm also going to be hit with depreciation recapture. So in aggregate, sometimes 30, 35, 40 percent of my sales proceeds are going to be hit with a capital gains tax. Huge. Huge. So then I I take that example and I say, you know what? I'm selling this property. I want to stay with real estate. I think it's a good income generator for me. Your net worth is going up. However you want to look at it, it's still net worth. You you need income, right? So I'm going to take that million dollars in sales proceeds. I'm going to roll it into another property. I might even pay a little more. I might buy a bigger property. And by doing that, by staying in real estate, Mm -hmm. I'm going to defer 100% of that capital gains tax. So I'm going to have that full million dollars working for me, generating income for me throughout that process. And that really speaks to why it's so powerful. So non-taxable, if I sold the property for a million dollars, made 800000 I'm going to move all 800000 No one can touch it. Your net. Your net net is 800000 Okay, yeah, it's your net. Minus your real estate fees, marketing fees, closing costs, your net number is what you're going to reinvest into a new product. And and you can keep doing that currently under the 1031 exchange rules with zero tax repercussion. Right. It's it's a deferral. It's not a it's not a Eventually you're going to pay it, right? But right now Eventually. you're reinvesting it net numbers into the new acquisition it, so you're able to use more of your money. Right. And it's that power of tax deferral. So if I'm generating a rate of return on a larger asset, mm-hmm. I've got taxes or I've got dollars that would have otherwise been been paid out in capital gains and and, and various taxes that are now working for me to drive my retirement years. Just like your 401k at work. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's that simple. Um, <clears throat> the other aspect of this is Inland is an innovator in this space. Okay. Uh, we, uh, Dan Goodwin, the chairman of the Inland Real Estate Group, created, uh, working with our staff, the Delaware Statutory Trust. And Keith uh, is really an expert in that. And this is something that realtors really should tr- want to try to do and work with us on. And Keith, if you want to talk about what the Delaware Statutory Trust is with the ruling from Treasury, that's a, that's a big deal. 
deal. Well, it's it's um, it's an interesting play on 1031 that that we've really kind of developed and modified and worked with the IRS on. So the Delaware Statutory Trust is essentially taking a larger piece of real estate and providing a, a structure that allows investors to come in and buy fractional interests in that property. So I'll use a local example. We were actually we were the first buyer of the first Mariano's that was developed in Arlington Heights. What? So, yeah. so that means you get discounts at Mariano's? <laughs> I wish. Yeah. Can I get a discount Can you hook us up on those cupcakes? Those are really I good cupcakes. I love Mariano's. But I will say, the sa- I mean, the sales velocity, that, that's been a great tenant, great performer for us. So the, the performance is definitely there. No discounts, unfortunately. Right. Um, but But anyway, so that's a property, you know, let's call it a $20 million value. We're talking about an investor that may have 100000 200000 or a million dollars to reinvest. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to buy a Mariano's. Through our structure by packaging it in a way that allows investors to buy fractional ownership units. Essentially, they can come in and own a piece of a property. And when you say fractional units, what does that mean? What does that entail? Well, it really- Do there, tell more. So there's there's no minimum investment. So you're going to have a wide variety of investor increments, right? Some people mm-hmm. may put in 100000 Some people may put in a million dollars. The million-dollar investor is going to own a larger percentage Correct. of the property. Mm-hmm. The $100,000 guy, obviously, smaller percentage. Mm-hmm. But they're going to have all the same ownership rights that they would have had they owned 100% of it. That so, way, you do get a discount at Mariano's. Yeah. No, at so, so you no. can just be a money pool- Essentially, you, you can. It's almost like crowdfunding. Yeah, but but, you know? but what's it's great like is but it's let's, tax say, let's say you're tired of taking care of the of that apartment complex you own, and you're tired of the uh, the trash and the toilets and overflow, all that kind of stuff. You make this into a passive investment by doing a 1031 exchange into this Delaware Statutory Trust, and you get a fractional share interest in that Mariano's or whatever it is. And it's a it's a incredible. How thing. am I seeing dividends? The, the rent that Mariano's pays in that example is distributed to investors in the form of income. So cash- by the by distribution portion. So if I had my hundred thousand owned two percent, I would get two percent of the rent flow. You would get two percent of the, of rent the net flow, operating uh, net operating income. And obviously, some of these programs have a, a loan in place. So after you pay debt service and operating expenses, the rest is distributed to investors what in the form of tax uh, cash flow. And I know someone's probably watching and they're very curious. What's the average return over the last couple of years? It's it's ranged and obviously it's risk reward adjusted. But I'd say anywhere between five and six percent cash on cash is kind of what what we're seeing. It's pretty in cool. Huh? Market. Yeah, so it's you pretty put good. in a hundred thousand, I mean, you're getting six thousand five to six thousand dollars back every year. Right. Yeah. Gentlemen, before we start that getting into suck. the top of the vehicles that we good. could go ahead and invest and Nick is already taking out his wallet wants to start writing you a check nope. slow your rope uh, <laughs> write you a bill <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of those um, before we go into that can we just go back a little bit to 1031 exchange and explain like Nick likes to do sure. these four or five let's go into like say four like what are the requirements in order for someone who's already doing this um, you know like to start how can I qualify for my 1031 exchange how do I plan for it what would be the rule number one for requirement to qualify so if you're a property owner Owner, mm-hmm. And it's it, a lot of property owners out there that own a primary residence consider themselves property owners. 1031 is specific to investment property. Okay. So if you own investment property, you own rental property or raw land for investment purposes, that's an asset you can sell and do a 1031 with okay. and it will qualify. So let's make home. that quali- let's make that, you know, let's specify that because a lot of people think that, oh, well, you know, I just sold my $200,000 condo and I made $70,000. I'm going to roll that and use it as a 1031 right. exchange into now a two flat. That is incorrect. That is only, you can only do apples to apples. You can do single family or primary residence, right? It doesn't matter what type of property. It's just how you're using it. So if it's your primary residence, how about your, um, say, beach home or your second home or your in-town? Can you use it? And roll it up, and if you sell it, make proceeds and use it for, can you use it as a 1031 exchange? So a second home, the only way a second home would ever qualify as an investment property is if you're renting it 
okay. a, a substantial portion of the year. Okay. So a beach home that you just kind of use periodically and you don't have kind of a rental income stream attached to would not qualify either. So it does have to, it's very clear, it's it's investment property for investment property. Awesome. I love it. So let's go back to the, my primary residence example. If I were to have used it and say I moved out and moved in with my boyfriend and now um, he, I'm using it as a <laughs> rental. It's an example uh, for a client. She tried to claim she has a boyfriend. <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Can you this stop that? Scary. Can I'm we sorry, go back was, to real estate? I was fucking okay, so you said anyway, ludicrous. Sorry, ridiculous. He's never going to stop. Okay, so wait. I have this property. What if I, like, rented it out? It's my prim- primary residence, but I no longer use it because I moved in with someone else. Can I go ahead, in fact, use it, um, the the... the um, the money that I made on it, can I use it to? Can I roll it into a ten thirty one exchange? That's a great question. That, that can actually work. So question. there is a period of time you have to rent it and, and for it to kind of convert in the IRS's eyes as going away from a primary one residence. One year and it's typically a year, two years. Every tax advisor will kind of give you a different counsel okay. on that, but um, but there, that does work, and we have seen uh, property owners kind of transact that way. Love it. So if you're flipping properties and you're listening to the show and you got that ninety day or thirty day transaction that you're changing, you cannot use a ten thirty one exchange product. Uh, or tax defer because you have to have held the asset for a year and I believe a year and two days or something like that in order for you to qualify. So that that's, again, one of the requirements. It cannot be used as a primary residence and you have to use it for an apples-to-apples investment and you have to have held it for a certain amount of time. What is the other requirement? So outside of that, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like-kind, it's got to be like-kind property, investment property for investment property. So it's but more like a income property, like a you know property. investment or landlord type of product. Mm-hmm. Well, what's interesting about that is like-kind, I think a lot of people think think about that and go, okay, I, I've got a, a residential asset, I've got to buy another residential asset, or I have a commercial asset, I've got to buy another commercial asset, and mm-hmm. that's actually not the case. Correct. Like kind's fairly broad spanning. So you can sell a, a raw piece of, of farmland and roll into a commercial asset. Conversely, you could sell an apartment complex and go into a industrial asset or an or a office asset. So as long as it's investment property for investment property, you're you're going to be okay. Or I could set it on my 10-unit building and go into investing with you guys, correct? Exactly. In, into the fractional ownership. Interest, right. right. Now, there's some rules, I you know, because I remember doing one of these a while back, where don't you have to, you know, the sale of your property is, let's say, is around the corner. Isn't there like a timeline you have to identify a new property? It's not like you could just sell it, hold the check at home for a year, and then, okay, now I found a new one, so let me do my 1031 exchange. Isn't there like timeline requirements between identifying a property and you have to close within a certain time frame? It's it's a lot more – I mean, we're making it sound – Easy, easy but there's there's some there's some timing effects here. Yeah. Tons of details. Yeah, so, so can, we, can we get into that? Because I think a lot of people really don't understand that. In yeah. fact, I've been confused by it a couple different times. So. so you mentioned you know selling your property, taking a check, and kind of sitting on it. That's <clears throat> that's a very important no no. <laughs> yeah. um, I think that's a pro- the step that a lot of people qualified miss. Qualified intermediary. Yeah. yeah so yeah. You, you need you, constructive receipt is what we're talking mm-hmm. about here. You can't touch the proceeds. Mm-hmm. So you've got to direct those to a qualified to an intermediary. escrow account. Right. And so then those dollars sit in the in the intermediary's account while you navigate your way through the timeline that you described. So from the date you sell, you have 45 days to identify a replacement property. Now, who the heck is going to find something in 45 days in this market? You're it, killing me. It's challenging, which, by the way, is, is interesting. <laughs> That's where we come in. Ding, we, ding, ding. We, right. We have inventory at all times. Oh, We've, look at, at that. We've got a menu of yes. options. So investors... Yeah, you guys are slick. <laughs> and by the way, yeah, we have that. Diff- <laughs> That's how you became a different billionaire. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a value proposition. <laughs> things out here. Solves a really problem, right? Wait, yeah. okay, so 45 days, but if I give you like 20 properties that I've identified, one of those may come to fruition. I qualify, right? Because I think there's a 
six month period or a hundred? How many days? There is. So you've got to identify within forty five. Okay. Now you can only identify up three. to three properties. What? Only so you three. are limited. No way. Yeah. You're, There's you're, no way. You're limited that way. But okay. again, going back to our menu of options, you're going to have that. You're going to have that selection process. <laughs> we have a menu for you. But Mariano's you, is one of them. Mariano's is one of them. But you don't have to invest in that forty five days. You've got the full hundred and eighty days or six months, as you described, mm-hmm. to actually close on the purchase of your replacement. How property. would they know if you identified three properties within forty five days? One of so them doesn't got it just close. go from well, you're identifying. Wait, you you sell your property. You have forty five days to identify one of three. Yes. So you write that contract up within the forty five day window. Is that what you're saying? Yep. No. So the qualified intermediary that I described, they've actually got forms and a process that creates a paper trail. So they're they're going to facilitate that identification process. So identifying three properties, they're gonna have a document that kind of proves and it's time stamp that you've, you've followed all those stuff. rules. Right. So yeah. there's no way around it because it's no really difficult. <laughs> There's no way around it. There's no way around it. Do you have the inter? Oh my gosh! How do you say that word? Can you just intimor? I see that look in your eye, though. You're, you're thinking. About I'm already the, thinking of ways <laughs> around it. <laughs> <Yeah. the game. laughs> okay, but this person is going to help you say, okay, I'm going to buy, you know, 400 East Sinclair or whatever, or the other one, and this is where I'm going to invest the money. One of those do not close because whatever the property didn't qualify or whatever. I don't qualify my, for my 1031 exchange, so I cannot use that money tax defer. I now have to pay income on it, and I have to pay everything that goes against you know taxation for all the, it. All these great questions. I love it. So right. not entirely. So you've got three Ooh, three properties. There is a way out on that one. See, Nick? Pay attention. So right, three, Make it your money. Three properties. You don't have to close on all of them. And so a lot of investors maybe have one in mind that they really want, that they want to pursue, uh-huh. and then there are two, two backups. So if the first one doesn't doesn't work out, they're going to move to option B or C. Okay. Um, some investors identify three properties or three assets, and they they want to diversify across all three. So it's not entirely it's not an all or nothing proposition. You do have some options within that three property rule. Well, see, somebody's just done, right? They're retired or whatnot. They've been landlords all their lives. They're just done with the whole like you know servicing uh, t- tenants. Then they want to do something where they're more low, low, it's low key. You're just sending you money and you guys are investing it. And you're giving me a 5 to 6% return on my investment. Why not? Let me, can I go through a, a hypothetical here? Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Can't find any, I sell my property. I can't find anything like, I don't have three options. Um, can I use your fund as a, what was that, the Delaware? Delaware Statutory Trust. Use Delaware, a, can I use that as a safety policy. valve and just Absolutely. go straight over to Delaware? Stat- yes. Now I have another question following that though. Now, six months later, I have found some stuff I do want. Can I sell out of there? That, and then that gets dicey, right? So, okay, so you you invest in. I mean, Delaware statutory trust interests are like most other real estate investments. It's illiquid, right? It's it's not something you could just, you know, click click the sell button like a stock or like a, or a stock. Public I want my security, money back, right? So it is challenging um, to just get in and out. And so we we do kind of discourage parking type scenarios like this. Mm -hmm. But that first scenario you described is is huge, right? You you maybe want to buy something that you're going to own entirely, but you need these backup options. And if that doesn't work out, the Delaware Statutory Trust at least puts you in a position to defer. Okay, we open up another question then. So if I'm buying into the Delaware State Statutory Trust, trust, um, is there a timeline that you require me to stay in? I mean, I can't just sell when I want to sell out of there? I mean, typically we we estimate or we pin the the response to that on a five to seven year time horizon. So the hold period on any property is ultimately going to be dictated by market conditions. You know, we're going to drive value through property and asset management. So we're going to kind of think about when it's the right time to sell on behalf of our investors. And we have completed, uh, we've sold over 
over a billion dollars in real estate over the past 10 years. We, we have about $5 billion in assets still under management. So we're very active, not only buyers and, and procket, our product uh, creators, but we are also completing programs and, and completing the, the process. As an investor in that, in that trust, am I getting a return on the equity? You are. It's Not just, just the cash flow of the rent. Right. So all of the benefits of real estate ownership pass through to you. So if to the extent that property appreciates in value, that's something you're, you're going to also enjoy as an investor. Right. Because initially you said there's some investors who go in with minimum investment and there's other investors who go in with larger, but they, everybody gets part of the equity, correct? Right. correct. And then a percentage of the investment for <laughs> right. whatever prof- you profits might, they're I, making. You might hit on the net worth too. So it, these are important. these are designed for high net worth investors. It's it's considered. Kansas Ted told us you you nope, Carla, you're money out. you can't call. Carla's out. I'm out. There you go. You ruined that party. <laughs> Thanks no a lot, Dan. You're a net worth. You have high net worth. <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> high when she's thinking about her net worth. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, here, here, here I have a <laughs> I have, I have another question though. So if so, basically the the trust or tr- anything like this trust. Is, is, a, is a safe way to still take advantage of the tax repercussions if you sell the property. Because I, I, I've seen people, I don't want to say horror stories, but where they're rushing to make something happen, and now they've, they're, they're, the focus of what they're buying has gone delusional. They're so concerned about the tax break versus, right. is this even a good investment property Great to purchase? Right. And they're in a rush or in a frenzy. i got to do this because if I don't do this by now, then I'm going to be stuck with the tax implications. But then you bought a lemon, if exactly. you will. And it's... It doesn't make sense to, at least if you have the safety valve, if you will, and well, we're not and, here and to. You realize, like a guy like <clears throat> so, one of our one of our founders, Joe Casenza, he does all our acquisitions. He's from Chicago. He has bought the forty four billion dollars with America in America. So he knows all the people around the country with Target or Lowe's or wherever we're gonna we're gonna buy. He knows all these people, and we get incredible deals on apartments on everything. We own forty thousand apartments at one time in Chicago. So we have experts who've been doing this for forty some years totally understand the market and they're going to be the experts to be able to identify this is the best investment so you don't have a mom and pop person trying to figure out where's a good place to get my return this is why inland is such a terrific place to put your money and so along those lines we're we're programmatic buyers we're we're constantly in the market we kind of leave that take that leave no rock unturned mindset so we're always looking for opportunity across various sectors and going back to that menu we're, we're buying the menu before investors need it. Mm-hmm. So we go through that exhaustive process of deal review, uh, due diligence, analysis. We can be very thoughtful because we're, we're buying with, with it ultimately being a replacement property in mind. So by the time investors get to the point where they're considering those options, we've already thoroughly vetted them. We've done our, our exhaustive And it's homework. around the country, right? And yeah. it's, it's nationwide. I mean, right? that's what's a big deal. So I just want to encourage people to understand that this is something that you can plan on long term, right? You're talking about people who get frustrated because they can't identify that property. And 45 days in this marketplace is very difficult just mm-hmm. because there is a lack of inventory and everything out there is seeing multiple offers, right? And again, let me go back and say, depending on location, there's some locations that are still kind of stagnant. There's not a lot of movement. But if you're looking in those like neighborhoods where you're buying multi-units and there's no inventory, this could be a better option for you. Of course, you need to grow into that role. Um, and understand that 
you know, some people are worried about cap rates, right, on for mm -hmm. a smaller unit. But this is something where you are actually acquiring commercial property, property that has I a lot it. of research backed. I mean, mm -hmm. you're looking at location, the best location for Mariano's, and I know that has to do with a lot of traffic, and you're looking at a lot of uh, details, stuff that's not available to us on a smaller budget, right? So if somebody were to grow into this, you're saying, like, to start, you'd have to at least minimum, it's like a $100,000 investment, or? That, that's right. Hooey! <laughs> let's do it. Well, I do have a question, though. If we have an emergency situation, let's say you have someone doing very well, business is great for them, they throw you $500,000 um, because it was very affordable for them to invest that way, and then something happens. Business tanks, business is in for bankruptcy, life has gotten tough for them. You're they went in with the premonition they're going to probably be waiting five to seven years before they can get their money back out, but there's emergencies. How do we handle a situation like that? Like, how do if my cash is locked up at Inland, how can I get to it if it's an absolute dire emergency? No, it's a good question. It's a because it happens. A real life example for sure. I, I gave you my example before the show started. You did, you did, <laughs> right? You, you did. know, I would have been calling you, being like, "Give me my money now, <laughs> yeah. man." Are you going to share your example on air? No. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I mean, we do get those calls. Uh, it, they're fairly infrequent. I mean, I can count on, on one hand the number of times we we get that call because I think our our high net worth. Nick. Well, you, you've got that, and I think that still that's, happens. That's incredibly. A big part of the narrative that that we describe when when explaining these products to investors, you you should expect to have your money tied up for an extended period of time. Mm -hmm. It's illiquid. Know that going in, but things happen, right? right? So in instances like that, what we'll typically do with the investor's consent is we'll we'll provide their contact information to the rest of the investors mm -hmm. in that particular program, so they could buy more shares of the projects they wanted to. Bingo, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of investors will then call that the investor that wants to get out and if they're sitting on extra cash or they they like the performance of the asset and they're they're interested in owning more they can kind of negotiate that amongst so themselves. So the four of us bought a project for a million dollars. We each have 250,000 in there. Carla spent decided to spend all her money <laughs> on something ludicrous. Unicorns and rainbows cuz that's oh what she talks about gosh. all day long. So then the three of us would get a notification that Carla's out of money and she absolutely needs her money back so she can purchase more unicorns and rainbows. Um, and we would have that option. Now, it could be where we would – what if all, all three of us went after? Well, that's a good problem for her because she gets her money faster. But and she's probably going to drive the price up on us, right? She's probably going to create a bidding war. Oh, if, if really? That Does that happen? I mean, you can, right? It's, it's subjective. So if we all want it because this is a great return on investment, we're each making 7% or 6% a year or whatever it is. I just made money on my unicorns. Now, her 250 can come back out and we can say we'll give three or we'll give four or whatever the case is because we – Depending on how bad we want it, right? And if, oh, yeah, wow. if that's an above-market return that it's it. generating – we're we're gonna trying to find another loophole in this whole situation. Yeah, I, I see it. I'm gonna I get it in the again. park. I'm gonna buy five hundred grand. Oh, I'm broke. I need my money out. Right, six hundred. Can I get a seven hundred? Can I get a seven fifty? Can I get any other? With our with our product, what what typically do you have experienced with investors when you when you actually sell something? How they reinvest with us? Well, so the, I, I mean, I mentioned five to seven years, and you uh, earlier mentioned cap rates, right? I mean, cap mm -hmm. rates are low, so I I kind of take a cautious approach in terms of like planning that extended hold. Period. Right, and when you say low, I mean in some cases. Cap rates are really high and they're healthy. I mean, mm -hmm. we're looking in some areas in the south side of Chicago, higher risk. Um, and you're going to have to do diversify your land, your tenants, right? You're going to have market tenants, and then you have Section Eight tenants to kind of get the most of your money from a rental perspective. You have areas with 12% cap rates, and you're looking at some more, you know, conservative neighborhoods like Gold Coast and Lincoln Park with a six percent. You're lucky if you get six percent, right? It's mostly four percent cap rates. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's the higher the risk, right? 
the better the investment. Right. But you're telling me that you have a sound investment that's not very risky, or is it? Well, I think the point I'd, I'd make along those lines is cap rates across the, the spectrum have, mm-hmm. have dropped compared to where they were three, four years ago. We're at a point in the market cycle where we recognize we're buying at, at values that are, are higher than they were several years back. And so when I look at our investment thesis, whether it's for the apartments we purchase, the self-storage assets we purchase, the healthcare-related assets we purchase, I, I like those assets long term, but I don't look at them as being a, a short term kind of quick flip, three, four year hold, and then we're going to make money kind of proposition because of where we're buying in the market cycle. So uh, back to your the question. So it does affect you as well. So you're saying because there is no inventory and there's bidding awards, the acquisition is going to be higher. So you're looking at you know low cap rates, but you guys are but you're buying in bulk. So are you getting deals? We we th- uh, yeah I think I, oh. I would hate to think they're getting bad deals when you're investing. Well, in you're, he's talking about the market. <laughs> are you it's getting still deals? No, we just market. buy whatever. Whatever. He just said it's market affects market pricing is always I, I think there's a lot of talking heads he's that will sometimes that, say hey I'm going to create value because of who I am and I'm going to get this this well, off market I want to roll with you because you got the inside scoop. Like, so, give it to me. And I think, obviously, having the scale and presence we do nationally, <laughs> you're you're going to get an opportunity to see things that others may not. Okay. And so I do believe we buy well. We buy better than the, the average run-of-the-mill investor. Having said that, assets we were buying two, three years ago, we've actually taken full cycle. We've sold those on, in, on behalf of investors. Been tremendous profit-taking opportunities. Of course. I just wouldn't set those expectations today. I look at it well, as a well, market was The that market was a lot saying. cheaper from... In yeah. 2000, I bought a lot of stuff in 2011 and 12, and yeah, it's and a And you're whole always saying, today, like, now's the you know? time to sell, 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 right. get I'm, rid of I'm, it. I'm selling all of it <laughs> as we speak, so... <laughs> this I got some 1031 exchange coming. <laughs> and because, because you're a high net worth person, this thing is kind of like a centerboard for your portfolio. Okay. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that you have, and it's, it's really um, mailbox money. You get a check every month, and people absolutely love it. And when people reinvest after we sell. Did he say mailbox money? So you're getting bills. He's getting mailbox money. This guy's money. coming. Dale's mailbox coming in with all sorts money. of terms that I've never. <laughs> I the love 401k hey, real estate. Mailbox you. money. Wow, you like it, huh? Mar- mailbox money. He's like, absolutely. marriage is great. <laughs> Everything that I've never heard in my life before until right now. He's <laughs> marriage amazing. is the best. He's the best. And he was on vacation just recently. Oh, my gosh. Shout yes. out to your family. Thank love them. John, Michael, Anna, Danny. I know you're listening. Love you guys. Love it. Love my wife. Lisa, there you go. I and love you, triplets. Lisa. Triplets. He has triplets. <laughs> triplets that, plus a fun one. Factor. Plus one. Yeah. Triplets plus one. The triplets and Lisa love the mailbox Oh, my money. gosh. They do. They do. 100%. <laughs> that sounds like a sitcom waiting to happen. <laughs> triplets plus one. It seems like it's sometimes. Yeah, yeah so you're right. Let's get something very clear, though. You have the 1031 exchange is a way to avoid paying taxes on your earnings from property. Not avoid. Sold. Not avoid. Just defer. 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 Some people, it's a big deal. Some people, it, it, it feels, find a loophole. Well, I'm going to keep deferring until I can avoid one day down the road when I'm 80 and about to die. Um, but, uh, your life's still at 50. So, <laughs> so but, but let's not misconstrue the situation. If you're, if you're putting your money into a, you know, a, a 10, 1041 exchange, 1031, 1031 exchange, and you're saving on you're deferring on your taxes, and now you're getting rental income every year. That you know, for those that are watching, that doesn't mean that the, ta- the rental income is tax free. That's income. That is because right. a lot of people are like, oh wait, I shouldn't right. have to pay tax on this. Well, that's a whole different formula, right? Because mm-hmm. we're talking about getting the proceeds from your recent sale, the net proceeds 
uh, you know, whatever you it costs you to sell the property, marketing fees and closing costs, your net number, you're going to reinvest it into a like vehicle, another two flat, or maybe you're going to a 10 flat now that's going to be easier to manage. You're growing up in the world, right? Mm -hmm. um, but if you use less of that money, then you're going to have tax implications with the money. You have to be able to reinvest all of it. And you could do multiple sales. But then after you're carrying that vehicle, like your 10-unit building, the rental income that you're getting, that's a whole other transaction, right? That's a whole other mm -hmm. IRS formula. This is just transferring, exchanging one property for the other, or exchanging, reinvesting your net proceeds, right, in exchange for another product. And the other important thing with this, <clears throat> for realtors, working with their clients, because obviously the realtors are the professionals that know how to do the, all this Say stuff. that again? The, the realtors, realtors, not the, the lenders? The okay, realtors are, oh, sorry about that, Nick. Uh, but, <laughs> hey, I got to take care of Carla, you know? I love you. Oh, and by the man. way, it is Fran Brody's birthday today. So Happy birthday, Fran. I love that woman. She's great. Baker family. Yes. See, he's full of love for love, everybody. Love, love, love her. But it's important for realtors, though, when you identify three properties and they're working with their clients, if they put this DST as one of the backups, this is the insurance policy. Because I've known so many realtors that work with folks that the deal blows up and they're so embarrassed because then they have to pay all the capital gains. Yeah. So we are the insurance policy for the realtor and people are really loving it. So about you know 30 to 40 percent of folks are trying to, to put this down as their third choice. And it works out great, right, Keith? Oh, it, it's oh a, I love it. Great so it is one of your third options. That's what people right. do. It's a great idea. They, they put that down as their third option, and it's just make sure to take care of it. Now, it isn't, it is, it's a security, so a realtor does not get a commission. It's, it's not something they can do, but it's wonderful to take care of your client, and realtors want to take care of their clients. For sure, That's right? The most yeah, you can't thing. win them all on every, yeah. you know. Right. I hear good realtors always backing out of deals. Which no realtor wants to back out of any deal they wrote up, but then they find something out and they pull it out and they fight for the client. I mean, yeah, you got to make sure that it's a secure happen. asset. It's going right. to generate income. Client for right. life or client for one time, right. you know. Because right. right. there are horror stories out there. You guys have known people that have gone through Oh, this. yeah. I um, mean, and even if somebody deal. says, oh, I don't want to lose the client, you're going to lose the client because the other deals fell through. But then this is a way of saving your clients so much money because they're right. not going to get the tax implications of the income they just made on that property. And a whole other aspect of this, you have farmers. This is the lifeblood of farming because farmers are usually cash poor and dirt rich, right? And when you have a farmer who has... Pun intended, dirt rich. Dirt rich. I you like know. that. But oh, cool. another one. There you go. Thank you. You're on 401k. Roll, you know, <laughs> I'm going to contact you every morning. You know, with WGN, we really need Nick this to come up with these. And if you come up with this, he can That's because I buy Carla. She Dan the Quip Wagner. Carla is causing me to do all these great ways of thinking. That's why you're so good, right? I'm inspiring him. She does. She inspires me. See, Lisa, how can you not love this man? Jesus. But the deal is is that you have farmers that are able to sell their property and they work with conservation, a lot of conservation people. So tons of the conservation stuff out west that's been set aside for um, wonderful, for the federal government, for uh, conservation easements to make sure to have clean water and everything. That money's coming from conservation groups paying to farmers and farmers are able to do 1031s so that they can use that money to 1031 back into their income producing uh, program. They can buy more land to be able to grow on. So if they have uh, farmland or something they own right next to the Mississippi River, well, a conservation group might say, let's buy this 100 acres and then you'll be able, we'll be able to make sure to have a good clean uh, runoff what into the stream, to mm -hmm. the river. But you can use that money as a 1031 exchange and put it into buying more land to be able to, or you can do it. The, the farmers love our DST program because that's how they get, a, get their, their passive investment. So they cash out, they go to one of our DSTs and it, it works out great. Right. Farmers are a huge I mean, you component. Have a, yeah, you have a great yep. example. And the, the uh, Realtors Land Institute, 
they're over at the NAR building. They're they're phenomenal. They represent all the realtors that are into farming, and it's huge. We and you're saying no that idea. the legislature is changing <laughs> and that they want to get rid of these. Tax. Oh my gosh, Carla! Thank God for the National Association of Realtors. We're working with um, the Federal Exchange Accommodators, which are the qualified intermediaries. We're working with the Real Estate Roundtable, International Council of Shopping Centers. All these different groups are fighting, but uh, none more important than the National Association of Realtors. I tell you what, when they talk about getting rid of the mortgage interest deduction and the 1031, if you ever seen, if you ever seen Lord of the Rings, it's like the Ents going to war. We're going to go to war <laughs> over that. I mean, yeah, the I realtors mean, are going to go because the realtors are boots on the ground and they understand what's happening in communities and they know how important and synergistic these 1031 programs well, we're are. always saying and we're advocating renting versus buying why not buy when it's going to be more affordable i just read an article saying that the rent the amount of people renting is so high right now and you wonder what are the you know what are the pluses you know it's cheaper to own it right now it's definitely cheaper part. to own but it i mean but we have incentives like these right. and they're getting taken away like right. how do you, the, how do you and it's the bedrock it it's the bedrock of america i mean home ownership right yes. it's right. the bedrock of america and it's a huge deal that we make sure to wake up our legislators because what their concept is they want to bring the corporate tax rate down to 15% and we're saying, but don't do it on the backs of real estate. You know, doing tax reform, when you hear people say bringing the tax rate real, real low, they're going to try to use the mortgage interest reduction in the 1031 to do that. And we as realtors have to stand up and get buckets of cold water and throw it on people and wake them up because every time they've done tax reform in America for over the last 100 years, they look at these things and say, oh, let's get rid, let's, let's get rid of these things. And every time they finally wake up and say, that will really kill the golden goose that's yeah. been feeding us. For that's sure. another one, Nick. Golden, and, uh, golden, golden goose. <laughs> But that's true. <laughs> we, we're one. loaded with stuff today. <laughs> um, my question is then, well, I mean, and I, and I really hate talking politics because I just hate politics in general. <laughs> I don't care what side you want to talk about. I just hate politics. But you would think that, you know, the, the, the current administration coming from the real estate industry would actually help keep this in line. You would think. Well, that, you know, we you would think that, and we're trying to... I mean, he made his fortune off of real estate. But we're this has to, been in place for a long time, this, right? The, spe- right. The, the talks about changing this has been in, in the works for a long time. It's not just with the new administration, right. correct? So, right. This has been, they've been right, talking about that's this. the people that are in charge right now. and so, Enforcing it. I know. mean, every bill has to go its lifeline, right? When the, like, when the Democrats were in charge, they also looked at... The, one of their solutions to tax reform is to look at real estate, too. So it's really a bipartisan effort. Right. <laughs> we want to wake people up to say, look... We, and once we start educating people, in, in Congress, I've met with a variety of uh, congressional staff members, and a lot of them are about 23, 24. They don't really know. It's, it's like drinking from a fire hose because you deal with foreign affairs, all this other stuff. And so this is a part of the tax code. And you say, you know, 1031, I was in a meeting where a staff person looked at their watch and said, no, it's 11 o'clock. And it's like, hey. no, hey, it's 1031. Yeah. you got to explain this stuff to them. <laughs> and once people start recognizing the synergy, because when you do a 1031, like he said, you're able to open up that property that was really stalled because nobody yeah. wanted to pay that capital gains. So when you do a property, you, you the, the realtor makes money, the mm-hmm. lawyer makes money, the, all the different ideas of, of renovating the space. Um, you know what it's like when you right. renovate something. Or when Inland buys a property through a 1031, we're putting on a new roof. We're putting on do, new HVAC. It, right. it, it, what other stuff, Keith? Well, and I, along those lines, I mean, we, we kind of see things from an investor perspective and we kind of hear the sound bites in the market. I can't tell you how many investors I've talked to where they've they, they've looked at the tax consequence associated with selling, and had there not been an opportunity to defer that capital gains tax, they they just yeah. wouldn't sell. Right. They, they'd sit on their assets. So that's a big fear factor here is that there, this could create a general freeze in and in, in liquidity throughout the real estate markets, and then and then to Absolutely. the tax revenue associated with all the different constituents that that get paid, and and all of that income is taxed. 
at uh, throughout the transaction. And, tra- and you, get transfer, you get transfer taxes too at the local level, and right. it's 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 just deferred. You are going to pay. It will happen someday, but eventually, it, right? It is. It mm-hmm. is the it is the absolute spark plug of the economy, and this is what it's been for years. And people want to mess with that. Our economy's finally turned around. Why are you want to mess with real estate and how we do things? They're talking about one hundred percent expensing instead of doing the ten thirty one. Hundred percent expensing. If you're uh, Keith looked into this, um, you might talk about what we found at Inland when we looked at doing. What is that? Well, so you, when you own a piece of real estate, you could depreciate it on okay, a, a so. over schedule. So 100 percent expensing is essentially accelerating the the depreciation, the depreciation and taking which is that, definitely not going to be as you're not going to get the tax savings that you would if you got the 1031 exchange, which you're getting the discounts from all from the taxation that you would get if you had to use it now, right? Right. And I think it will actually would help the large institutional buyers, but it really hurts the, the, the little or little, the, the little guy. Yeah, the, the two-flat, the three-flat, right. or the ten-flat buyer, commercial so property That buyer. was kind of the challenge that, uh, you know, with, with respect to that. And there have been a, a myriad of proposals mm-hmm. that we've looked at and evaluated. And, I mean, Dan does a phenomenal job, I think, just staying in front of all of this for, for Gentlemen, I, I, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show just because it is such great information. You're listening to Market Overdrive. We're here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. And we're definitely here to elevate your real estate IQ. We're providing you information that no one's giving you. A lot of agents don't even have this information accessible to them, so they don't understand the intricacies of all these different programs. And part of being a realtor, you have to be able to facilitate this kind of information. How can we save money? Now, moving on, gentlemen, uh, a lot of people are talking about this said um, correction in the market, right? Okay, so the bubble, it's great. Is it a bubble? Is it a mirage? There's not a lot of job growth, so why are people overpaying for these properties? Looking at it into this perspective, like where some people are saying three-year correction or four-year correction or five-year correction. They really can't tap into it. I'm thinking that, you know, kind of invest now, make a lot of cash, and then save it and then invest in vehicles such as what you're proposing today. What is your take on that? I think as a general rule of thumb, real estate's always been a longer-term-minded uh, value proposition. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. We, we focus very much on, on market cycles and where we are in that market cycle. And, and real estate isn't a, a one-size-fits-all proposition. So it's, it's also important to isolate your analysis and buy the, the right properties in the right markets. For the right the, reasons. For the right reasons, right, right. sectors. You know, generally, I, I think when you look at the the stock market, uh, the bond market, that, that that's a, a segment that's obviously seen a tremendous run. Mm-hmm. And I, I think what we've seen is additional growing demand for real estate for hard assets. People are looking for a, a safe haven to kind of put their money into. Um, because if we are if we are at this point in the market cycle where it's getting a little long in the tooth, I want to be I want to be flight to safety, flight to quality in in a hard asset that I can kind of touch and feel and understand the tangibility of. And then I think that carries us through a market downturn. So back to my original point, even if we see ourselves ride through a cycle here, if we see some cyclical pressures on cap rates, if you as a real estate operator can continue to drive rents upward, mm-hmm. uh, you're going to come out the other side in a, in a healthy fashion. And, and globally, look, everybody wants to invest in America. <laughs> I mean, right. You, yes. And it's wonderful. You mm-hmm. love when people invest. And Chicago, it's one of the it's top incredible. 10. It's yes. incredible. I mean, that's where people want to invest. And again, real estate is like the center board of your portfolio because you can't all of a sudden say, oh, it's the things are going bad. I'm going to sell real quick. I mean, it, it slows you down so you don't blow yourself up. Right. Look, there was a lot of people that made a lot of money in 2010 and 2011 in real estate. Yeah. So I mean, you got to know how to navigate the system as well. There's, right. You know, there's people that are taking advantage of the situation when everyone else is going in the same direction and just jump on the train and you're going to follow and make some money that way. And there's people that just decide to watch a train go by and eventually wait for it to stop and Figure out a way to loot the train, if you will. So says, there's, the there's right some time really rich people yeah. that did a lot of buying when everyone else was losing homes. Right. Um, so you just gotta, you know, like like 
Well, that's you know, kind of what I'm asking now, Nick. Is it are we there where a lot of people are asking, is it the right time to buy? Is it the right time to sell? Like, where are we in the market? Where there's always do a right we time stash to stash it or we keep it? What do you What do you recommend? What do you What are your thoughts on that? What we've we've been fairly dynamic in in the way we mm-hmm. evaluate real estate opportunities. So mm-hmm. back in the 2010 era, we were buying a lot of triple net leases. That's when we bought Mariano's long term lease. Get behind credit. The rental income stream is relatively fixed, but we were buying at great cap rates, and that was the right time to buy those. Today, when I look at where we are in the market cycle, in, and you know, a lot of a lot of economists will use the innings, right? Where are we are, where are we at? Uh, we're at the, maybe we're in the seventh inning, maybe we're in the eighth inning. <laughs> okay, you just lost her. Yeah, you lost just thing. completely <laughs> lost Carla. I got you, man. Are we in the bottom? <laughs> are we in the top of the eighth? <laughs> Who's, I, I kind of know that bad? now in baseball. Is this the so, Yankees playing? The Cubs what, what, what I text them all the time. My kid plays baseball, and I'm like, okay, so we're at the top of the seventh. What does that mean? Like, How much more time do we have this? Because I got to go. I got to show it. Right. <laughs> so, we go? touchdown, go. baby. Touchdown. <laughs> okay, Carla. And I'll, I'll layer one more thing on there. Then you hear some economists say, well, we may be in the eighth inning, but this this uh, series, this cycle may go into extra innings. Extra right? innings. So, it's like, oh, I know okay, that. Great. I know that. You hear all this stuff. <laughs> and, and I would say generally where we've shifted focus because we are at the you know maybe the second half of the ball game is we're looking at operating assets we're looking at buying properties that we feel like we can create value as a property manager uh, we could drive rents we can keep occupancy healthy we can manage our expenses and that's really the fundamental you know roll up your sleeves way to make money in real estate it's not it's not gaming market cycles it's not trying to time the market it's it's buy with a strategy hold through a market cycle and if you've got a an asset manager that knows how to create value that way it's a good it's a good time and, to buy and right. be a, and be a national i mean keith where, where's a great state right now to go buy and we've been we've been very active in denver on the residential side obviously right. population growth wonder income. why All right, mm-hmm. right. <laughs> that's one legal example. weed legal <laughs> weed <laughs> Who's that? Everybody's moving there. We're really, we're really high on Denver right now. We love really. Time. Are we really high on Denver right now? Oh, you but think see, that's the trend? Huh? Yeah. That's, that's, oh, yeah. Keith is so cute. Yeah, I love you. Trend. Notice where the league is legalized. <laughs> Values go up. Everything else goes up too. You're talking about farmland. I'm like, hmm, oh yeah, farmland there you go. Plenty of dispensaries. Plenty of dirt over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But see, that's a good question. That, you know, that's great dialogue because you have people who are listening or watching the show now on Facebook. <laughs> live or have you but they're thinking okay i'm gonna get a higher rate of return we're talking about five to six percent we talked about the higher there is the higher the return so a lot of people are going to be like forget that i'm going to stay within my vehicles where i'm you know flipping properties per se and i know you can't do a 1031 exchange and a flip but what i'm saying is like you're making money say 31 and 41 percent return on investment for some flips that i'm seeing out there um for the people who are able to buy low right um, so these people are stashing their cash. They're saying, why am I going to go into an, a vehicle that's going to be, I don't have control of it. It's Everything's picked for me. All the work is done for me, so I don't get my hands dirty. I mean, we had Flip Chick in the show uh, just some time back, and she's you know, advocating, start flipping women, empowering women to flip. So what would you say to someone like that? I, I think it's just a different risk profile, different. I, I mean, every investor has to kind of evaluate that and, and figure out what, what risk tolerance they have. Um, I, I mean, the one comment I'd make if, if you know, you're thinking along those lines and maybe sidelining cash. And by the way, there's a lot of cash still on the sidelines. And, and it's crazy. In America. I mean, it is. It's, it's incredible. But if you if you wait too long, you miss. You I know, got like four dollars over there. <laughs> on the side. Can I borrow all the four dollars? Nope, uh, nope. Two dollars. <laughs> take, take uh, you know, if you're sitting in cash for three years and you're missing out on five, six percent returns. There's there's 15, 20 percent 
return on your investment that you're not receiving by sitting in the sidelines. So, right. uh, you know, 1031 dynamics, I think, shape the the decision to go in and the timing associated with going into a, a particular real estate holding. So that's it's a little bit less of what we're we're, we're thinking about day to day. But um, but, I, but back to my original comment, I think I think it's always a good time to buy the right asset in the right cycle for the right reason. Hooey. What? <laughs> coming to an end. We're coming. Great information. I just realized what WGN stands for today. Oh. You're listening to WGN News. It stands for Wagner's Got News. Oh, oh I like Wagner's that. Got news oh, my today. gosh. Can I tell <laughs> my Wagner's mom you said news. that? We've officially We're changed officially the corporate. We're officially send you That's the clip. Awesome. Just go. Google, mom, if you don't believe me, watch this. And you can show her the playback. <laughs> Wagner's Got News. Wagner you know, God is. You're officially hugged right now, Nick. Just so you Air know. hug. Air <laughs> hug. There we go. Air hug. Air hug. Oh my God. I don't I don't think he's ever experienced this much love. I think like there's like smoke coming out of his What you talking about? The minute guy. I leave here, I got plenty of love. That's gotta oh, be the fir- first air hug on the show though, right? First, yeah, first, first air hug. Towards that's good. Nick. My first air Definitely. hug was with man. A man. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever works, man. Whatever I don't works. Know. I think Graco would say differently, but okay. Okay. You look like a metrosexual to me, Nick. <laughs> Thank you. Absolutely. I think. Wait, totally. Thank you, I think. Cool. <laughs> oh, my God. 10.31 exchange to Nick. Oh, WGN. <laughs> Wagner's got Nick. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my God. Wagner's got we Nick. Gotta, we got to wrap this bad boy up. We're on the 53-minute mark. This is like a record-long show. You got something to add at the end. You're officially metrosexual. I love it. Metro. I don't even have to pick on him today. You did it for That's me. That's good. I, I don't think it. he was picking on me. You just didn't I understand was, the terminology. I didn't. Okay. Because I just officially just okay. said something about it. Okay. Keith, thank you so much for coming to for help me. us uh, understand the intricacies of a 1031 exchange. If you if somebody had questions and wanted to get a hold of you, where can we find you? Uh, we call our uh, our general number, 630-218-8000, and ask for uh, Inland Private Capital Corporation, and uh, you'd be directed to uh, any, one of our, <laughs> any one of our associates that'd be happy to answer questions and, and take it further. Nick, you need to start burning your billions. I'm going to get out of here and go <laughs> deal with my bills <laughs> in a little bit. But with that all being said, the fun is, a, is unfortunately coming to an end. You will be able to watch this show on 1031 Exchange via Market Overdrive on YouTube, or you can, of course, catch it on our WGM podcast. It will also still be stored here on our Facebook account. Uh, the website will have it up as well. I want to thank Dan Wagner and Keith Lampy from Inland for coming in and giving us all this information uh, and a lot of cool new sayings <laughs> that, I, that I'm going to run with. Mailbox money. Keep watching hey. the show. You're going to see Dan, Dan Wagner's going to live on for a while because I'm going to be reusing <laughs> his his sayings for quite some time. We, we need to hashtags um, on all our this, shows. You're getting <laughs> a real hug when this is over with. There you Just go, man. Real, we want a real hug. hug. The real hug. It's it's Metrosexual. I want to. I want to thank you guys from Inland for coming in and, and uh, educating us on, on all things related to 1031 Exchange. Obviously, the show is brought to you today by Inland as well as Carla Mina, Coldwell Banker, and myself, Nick Mimetti from Ilone Home Mortgage. You can see us here next week at the Market Over Facebook at Market Overdrive Live, 10 a.m. next Wednesday. Thanks again. See you next week, guys.